Come on in, guys. Matt Hambidge and Jared Sundin back here for Talking Llama Survivor 41, episode 11. This was a weird episode. Not weird in a bad sense, just weird. There's a really dumb twist. We got really deep at Tribal Council. It was at times very suspenseful and at times very much feeling like nothing they're doing will matter in the scope of the game at this point. I don't know. I guess I liked it, but I don't know. It, it was odd. What did you think? Uh, <laughs> you, you're much nicer than me. I hated it. All right. Yeah. Anything to go off the top <laughs> or should we just wait till we get to it in the, in the recap here? Yeah. I mean, let's, I will address it step by step. All right. I'm curious because we didn't really discuss this pre-show. So I'm not, I have some ideas, but I'm not exactly sure where the, the vitriol is coming from. So let's, I'll wait to be, wait to be surprised. Yep. All right. So we start off as we always do breaking down or with the tribe, breaking down the previous vote and um, Deshaun and Danny are trying to place the blame slash credit also on Ricard um, in order to kind of appease Leanna, which, you know, they could have still worked against him. But that's, you know, they made the decision. So at least they're sticking with it and um, trying to, you know, comfort Leanna, make her feel like she's not automatically the next one gone necessarily. Um, but now I think in hindsight, it makes Ricard's move even better because he got Deshaun and Danny to vote themselves into the minority alliance. Yeah. Which yeah. I think they're both pretty savvy players. So I think it's more of a credit to Ricard than kind of a slight to them. Yeah, I, I guess we could look at that as intentional. Um, well, e- even if that wasn't his intention, they still, you could argue they maybe should have seen that coming, that if they vote out Shan, they would be in a very clear 4-3 minority with one of those three already somewhat alienated from, from those two. Yeah, it it all depends on how big a threat you see Shan. Like, do you think you can beat her? Do you think you can trust her? Like, I, I guess I don't know if, if I'm looking that far in advance, like if I'm just trying to get out someone who wants to take me out, like sure. if I'm Deshaun, but yeah. Yeah. I, I just think Ricard is a really solid player and uh, like good moves tend to result in like, setting yourself up better for the future. Just, it was just like the right move for him. And there might even be dividends that are paid off. Like that. You don't even expect. Yeah. And cause I honestly don't know. So obviously we see Erica, Xander, Ricard and Heather make, I guess like a final four pact. And I don't really know how close they were ahead of that vote. And as we see later on with, with Erica, it's a, tenuous agreement at best it seems like but 
I don't know if anyone really knows where Heather's at in any part of the game. And yeah, people, yeah. And people. I mean, they just won't show sneaky, us. But yeah, yeah. they. So, like, I mean, she, she had a couple. Sorry, keep cutting each other off. She had a couple moments tonight where it's like, oh, that's why they're not showing her do anything. And uh, there's one quote in particular at Travel Council talking about the about the do or die challenge that just blew my mind when she said it. Uh, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, she, I have no idea where she, where she stands really. She is, seems to be definition of going with the flow and that even might be generous. She might be more passive than that. Um, I I'm really curious to hear her thoughts when she's actually voted out or more likely she's not getting voted out when she loses at final tribal to see her, her thoughts on the game and her insights into what was happening, you know, how she was viewing things around camp. That could be one of the more interesting set series of interviews, just because we got so little from her that, you know, seeing what she has to say on, on the whole game could be, could be eye opening. I'm not banking on it, but you never know. Yeah. It's weird. We're going to have to, going to have to wait till the final tribal council just to hear how Heather was strategizing this game. Like she was sitting she was sitting on the beach with, uh, was it, oh man, uh, I forget now. Was it Xander and Ricard? I don't know who it was. It was a combination of three of those four. And they were running an idea by her. They're like, if Deshaun is, uh, if Deshaun is immune, then what are we going to do? And she was like, okay, yep. Yep. Sounds good. For all we know, there's a 10 minute conversation that happened where she was talking like, but we just show up and all we get is three words from Heather. When I, you just, I had a feeling there was more than that. <laughs> there, there, there has to be, there absolutely yeah. has to be. Um, but we haven't seen it yet. Um, and so then the next day, Deshaun tries to mend fences with Nana as, as you're supposed to, um, assures her he'll never write her name down and, you know, it's nice for her to hear, but she's not ready to jump back into bed, so to speak with, with that group right away. Um, and rightfully so. Yeah. I, I think she, her brain seemed kind of scrambled by by the whole thing and i don't even know if i would be but she's state. studied complex things before well we see that later on when she's breaking down the math of uh how many uh <laughs> skulls and fire emblems there are but yeah well i mean that's tribal is going to take up a long time so yeah i uh i think it would be hard for her to commit to anything at that point when you're like okay everything exactly. i just thought was erased Exactly. Um, and then we get a really um, nice moment or a few moments with, with Danny talking about um, today, whatever day they were on in the game was the 25th anniversary of his dad's passing, died in a car accident when he was young and just kind of walks and talks us through kind of the, some of the conflicting and complex kind of emotions and feelings he's had with that and how he's dealt with it his entire life. And I don't want to just push it to the side as how does this relate to the game, but 
how it relates to the game is kind of what we're here for. Um, it felt very much like a, pot- a potential beginning of a winner's edit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, got the quick glimpse into his current personal life and like seeing his baby and, and just uh, giving us more of those like personable moments with him, you know, trying to, trying to paint him as like a real person that you could know and, and not just like a person you're seeing on the screen. Yeah. And I'm wondering now if we might, I was going to say, see that leading up to the finale, but there's only one more episode until the finale, um, maybe leading up to the final four or five or so. Um, again, it's actually one or two votes, but anyway, if they might, I guess early on in, in the finale along with next week might, show one or two other people in that same kind of mindset, I guess, may not mindset, but kind of the same, the came the same setup where they bring some, have them bring something in from the real life, real world kind of hits an emotional beat with the audience. Um, maybe a, as a way to signal that these guys, these players, whoever they might be are going a little further in the game or they definitely needed filler. For the episode, and it was definitely more than filler, but, if there was ever an episode to throw in three minutes of someone just talking about their life and not have it be involved in strategy or anything like that, this was the episode to do it in. Yeah. I, I just wish we got more. I, like, it's, it's been like this the whole season. I mean, this was, we got three minutes of that and we got, I don't know, like, 10 minutes 15 minutes of challenges and jeff explaining this twist and i'm getting ahead of ourselves but yeah it's i mean there's so much more to all these people than than what we've seen so far like heather i mean heather is like what one of the oldest people there so she would have more life experience than anyone we know nothing we know absolutely nothing Yeah, it's, I mean, some people just don't pop when they're on the island and that's got to be part of it. Um, But yeah, there's, I'm trying to remember the last time there's been someone this lightly edited as Heather has been. Yeah, we don't even know anything about Deshaun though. Like what, like he's become a really interesting player in the game. I, I know nothing about him. You know, that's a good point. I don't really consider that. He is kind of an energetic kind of, high octane player but yeah we don't really know anything about the person necessarily to, not too much at least yeah anyway but um mentioned the challenge so that gets us the immunity challenge and the big twist of the week um so first the challenge it's a one we've seen several times before hold use the wooden handles balance a ball on a cylinder add sections until everyone but one drops um Nothing new there, but what's new is the Survivor Do or Die, Jeff's probably new favorite game that that he and production have come up with. And I've got to say, I think the whole the the time off, the quarantine, all of that, I think they just got too involved in themselves and they just stopped being able to say no to ideas Um, because this this one has one saving grace. Um, but we'll see what we, what we think here. Um, so 
you can choose to play or compete or not compete in the immunity challenge. If you don't compete, obviously you don't, you aren't, you are vulnerable at the vote, but you gain a little bit of safety or at least a little more control. Because if you play in the challenge, the first person out will play the survivor do or die, which is you are either safe and immune from the vote or you go home, which is real dumb. Um, so they draw rocks for that. Only Heather and Leanna sit out, which makes sense. Um, I'm going to disagree. On which part? On who should have sat out. We, we, should, we should talk about yes, who I, should have played and who should have sat out. I think everyone should have sat out. Yeah. I, I was hoping that no one would play. That's what should have happened. Because, I mean, when you think about it, the, if, if I'm in there, there's 0% chance I'm competing in that challenge. Not even yeah. a thought in my head that, oh, yeah, I can do that. Because if you think about it, it's, it's going to be a safe assumption that the, the worst or weakest challenge players are going to sit out, Heather and Leanna. All that does is decrease your chances of winning and increase your chances of being first out. It's, okay, these people who I might be better than are not competing. I'm only going up against the assumed best competitors. I'm showing Jeff that gray rock right away. I'm just going to throw the red one into the ocean, not even risk forgetting which hand I had it in. I'm showing that gray rock. I'm sitting out. Not a chance in hell would I compete there. Now, I would almost go with the reverse, the reverse strategy here. And if I'm Heather or Leanna, and especially if you're Leanna and you think you might be the next out and you have no chance of, uh, well, of having a comfortable tribal, here's what you do. You play the game because your only chance of getting immunity this whole season is going to be losing first. <laughs> That that is a galaxy brain concept. I had I hadn't come close to considering that on any well, on anything, but in a weird way, I love it. Yeah, I mean, she studied this probably too, so she should know. This should be this should be well in her realm of thinking. But it is complex. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's just the fact that <laughs> the fact that. You can lose first and then not be eligible to be voted out at tribal council is like once again, rewarding the losers, just like yeah. the turn back time twist. Yeah. Hurts my brain a little bit thinking about that. Yeah. It's the, the only good thing about it is that everyone's on a level playing field. Everyone had the same information. They had all the information. Well, not 100% all as we would find out later. Um, but everyone knew what they were risking by competing or not competing. So they, they all had the same information to make their informed decision. That's the only good thing, but it's literally putting it down to luck. There's, there's nothing yeah. That, that Deshaun could do for that part because spoiler Deshaun goes out first almost within one second it seemed like I, yeah I didn't think anyone could lose faster than Malcolm I mean Malcolm almost lost twice before most people would even drop their first yeah but he but Deshaun I mean this guy 
He came to play. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, but you're when you give the players no wiggle room, it just what are you what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you think about how seriously people take a rock trot travel, and it's like <laughs> you like it'll be it'll be merge time and it's six on six and like you know tribal lines are clearly drawn and neither six wants to turn on their own and even then when there's 12 people in the game we're like we can't go to rocks we can't go to rocks here and then there's what seven people left not all of them are even going to play and it's like yeah sure you know, I'll uh, I'll just take my chances. Maybe just lose right here. Yeah, it's so going into the episode, I there was a potential leak on what the twist was, and it wasn't quite right, but it was pretty close. I was going into this episode prepared, preparing for this to make it one of the worst episodes I've ever seen of Survivor. So, I mean, my expectations were like ground level low. Um, so maybe that has something to do with it, but it was only slightly better. And kind of what you were saying there is like, what, people are just, I don't know. And also when you think about it, if Deshaun is, if, if he goes home, there's no vote. The, the, the vote, the big moment of every episode is just nothing, absolutely nothing. If, and then if he's safe, which he ends up being, then you have two out of five or two out of seven. I'm sorry, two out of seven guaranteed safety plus an idol in the game. It yeah. again, they're, they're, they're handicapping the players. And so while I didn't necessarily hate the twist as much as I thought I would, I, I really dislike what it seems to be signaling that production thinks they need to be responsible for making the game interesting and not relying on the players to do that, not relying on their casting decisions to pull through and create drama and intrigue. I mean, think about last week. Lots of people think it's the best episode of the season, if not the best, one of the one of the best and a very good episode overall. There were no advantages. There were no twists. It was pure social, strategic gameplay and thoughts prevailing personal relationships going to the forefront and you get a great episode and then you get production and meddling 90% of the episodes, 95% of the episodes, and you get a lot of boring, weak, uninteresting gameplay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm even turning on the cast. I, I'm, I'm super out. I can't like the fact that so many of them played shows how stupid some of these people are like i can't i i just can't do it. you and me just said there's a zero percent chance that we are participating in that challenge 0.0 not even a question yeah so like what are we thinking here i mean it, you can i guess you can leave it up to the cast and it does turn out better i mean last week's episode like you said was was probably the best one of the season and we were more focused on this cast which I mean, I don't think, I honestly don't think there's 
a great player there. Like maybe, I mean, Ricard is good and that's all I've seen so far. Yeah. There, there's no, there's no complete player. A lot of people have flashed in certain areas. Like Shan was super good at making strong connections. Ricard is good at kind of the, the savvy kind of sneaking around gameplay and he's good at challenges. Um, who was I just going to say? Um, Danny has been great at just kind of laying low, flying under the radar, just being a solid person, a likable person, good in challenges, involved in the decision-making, but not overstepping his bounds. He hasn't really done anything strategically that's that, that kind of makes you take, take a step back and go, oh, okay, he came to play. So there's a lot of partial really good players, but yeah, no one who's really like sticking out as, oh, this person is an all-star player. I think they're all-star characters. I think that's for sure. But in terms of survivor players, um, it is lacking a little bit. Yeah, maybe at the end of the season, we can kind of review this in the grand scheme of, you know, the survivor history and and just like evaluate kind of where everything, where everything stands because... I don't even think there's many good characters. Yeah, that was something to get into as well um, in the last couple of episodes and maybe do a wrap up or two or something like that. Um, but going here, so Deshaun, as we said, loses first and then Danny ends up winning. Um, so to pre-tribal, uh, Deshaun, what do you think of this? Deshaun seemed to be kind of oddly at peace with this situation. I think... To some degree, it was like at this point, there's nothing he can do. He's either safe or he's not. But I think if I were in his spot and I made the mistake of playing and then lost, I would be kicking myself for that mistake. Yeah, it's a great job by him to get there in his head. Like if he if in that short amount of time, he could like just accept the decision that he made. And he thought it was the right one. And if you show up and it doesn't work out, then you made a move. You, you tried like, and, and that's that. So if that's really where he was at, um, that's, he's definitely uh, in a better place than I would have been. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely possible that he was just saying that to kind of fake it till you make it, if you will. Um, And that he maybe wasn't actually completely, content with where he was considering well, <laughs> it it wasn't yeah. completely out of his hands i mean at that point it was but only because he made a choice to get there at, at the start start of it yeah and especially for a guy who has maybe been the most unaccepting of some of the twists and changes <laughs> that they've had so far you like i can't imagine he'd be totally fine going out on essentially a worse chance rock draw yeah, we'll get into the, the Monty Hall of it. That's for sure. Gosh. Um, so Deshaun, Danny, and Leanna are pretty dead set on voting Ricard. He's the biggest threat. Everyone knows it. As Danny says, they'd be idiots to let him get to let Ricard get to the end because he would beat anybody, which I think at this point probably is true. Um, but Xander, because he just made a super strong Final Four agreement that morning, the day before, however it shook out with 
um, Ricard, Eric, and Heather. He doesn't want to turn on Ricard because he trusts Ricard because he hasn't been paying attention to anything happening in the game, apparently. Um, but in any event, he trusts him. I think Ricard trusts Xander at this point. You know, as much as you can trust a new alliance at this point in the game, or newish at least. And Erica becomes kind of the wild card. She she talks to Xander about potentially voting out Ricard. And we see Xander, you know, push back a little bit, um, but doesn't kind of make the make the hard sell on sticking with the Leanna vote. But what did you think there? Like, do you think Xander missed and and the other the rest of the group missed an opportunity here by by leaving Ricard in the game? Yeah, for sure. Uh I think Xander took a step back for me this episode as far as how well he's playing. Like he's been really weirdly like right about a lot of stuff that he's done. Like, like just not playing his idol when there's been opportunities to do it. Um, like setting up the scheme to make Liana waste her advantage. I mean, I, I thought he's been a pretty savvy player so far. And then to see him talking about like, Oh wow. Yeah. We're all set. We're, we're at the top. Like, I can't believe it. This is great. It's like Xander. I, this is exactly the opposite of everything I've seen you do so far. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was an up and down episode for him. I mean, obviously more up than down because he stayed in the game and kept his idol, which apparently everyone forgot about. And once again, no one seemed to consider Xander's extra vote, which he actually ends up using. Uh, <laughs> Another step back. Well, I I'm guess not, we'll have to talk about. I, yeah, yeah, we'll have to talk yeah. About. I mean, there's really not much to say. More, much more to say about the pre-tribal. Um, we clearly have. It seems like Deshaun, Danny, and Leanna voting Ricard, and Heather, Ricard, and Xander voting Leanna. So it's really just where Erica falls. Did you have a feeling going into tribal which way she was going to go? Um, I thought. I thought she was going to take Ricard. I thought she was going to take out Ricard. But that's just what a smart player would do, so I don't know. <laughs> Shots fired. I love it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a mood today. All right. Um, so we get to Tribal with about 25 minutes left in the episode. And I thought for sure it was just given away that Deshaun was going to be safe. Maybe Leanna plays her shot in the dark successfully, and we get a absolutely wild and nuts last 10 to 15 minutes or so. Um, but no, much different. About, exact, about as much different as you could get. Um, so we get into uh, kind of a discussion about the Shan vote and how Deshaun felt about pulling the move off, how he and Shan had been working together. Then he thought she was trying to turn on him and all of that. And then it gets into the talk centered around Danny, Deshaun, Shan, and Leanna. Basically, the three are still in the game, but Shan got lumped in there um, just because they were playing together um, as the that strong four alliance or somewhat strong four alliance for a time at least. And kind of what it means to play Survivor as Black men and women, um, given the last year we've gone through and the new diversity initiative within Survivor. And they each get a chance to really kind of speak their piece. Leanna especially, I thought, made a lot of really good points just talking about what it means to to her specifically and what she thinks it means to 
the black community, black women, especially, you know, in particular. And I thought what they said was really good and important, but I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. I have no issue with it being included. I think it's good. I think the reason we're seeing so much of it now is because Survivor was so undiversified. That's a word up until this point on, on most seasons that they're kind of making up for lost time, if you will. And you do get some overextended sequences like this. Um, but I thought it came up pretty naturally here. So I had no issue with it. It wasn't like the coming in guys where Jeff forced it onto the players and the viewers here. It came up naturally in the, in the tribal discussion. Um, and like Leanna alluded to, given the last year we've had, it's especially when they were out filming even more so at that point, that it's very much in the cultural zeitgeist. It's at the forefront of everyone's minds. I'm sure it's on the forefront of their minds or in the middle of a, of a pandemic and all of this, then the other thing. Um, so I think it made sense here. Um, but if Survivor makes this type of moment a core moment or f- aspect of the show, it's definitely going to become preachy, to put it nicely. You know, if it, if it sticks like this once or twice a season, I think I've just kind of accepted that's kind of where it's at. And I'm fine with that. I have no issue with that. Um, but as long as, as long, again, it comes back to the players, let the players dictate the play and the conversation. And if that's where it goes, that's where it goes. That That's awesome. But um, I have a feeling that, I mean, Jeff loves these moments. He lives for the moments where he gets to play armchair psychologist, I guess all psychologists are armchairs, but he gets to play, he gets to play psychologist for, for America is, is how I think he sees it. And so if he can, maneuver the game or conversation to get these moments i think he's going to go for it um but he's just just like with the with the twist he's got to let the players play let the players take things where they go um so again it was it was a really i mean the moment for what it was was good they could have probably cut it down by a few minutes and got gotten more into the the strategy talk but I thought they probably felt it was it was necessary to keep the that much focus on it for this episode. I thought it fit, um, and I know maybe I can speak for both of us that we're not exactly the the go to people on on race relations in America and and how to talk about that in a good productive way. Obvious, obviously, I hope it's very clear like where our stances are and all that. I mean we're good people. So it shouldn't be very obvious where that stands. Um, but I kind of went on my little ramble there. hope that made sense and came off the way I wanted to, but, um, what, what were your thoughts here on how that all went down? I, I think in a, in a sense, it came up naturally like where it's like, yeah, we were all playing together because we're black. And then, it became like I I don't think it developed naturally. It's like one second we're talking about, yeah, it was tough to vote her out because like we have this in common. And then Leanna is, I mean, just like really unleashing um, 
on a lot of non non game related things. Um, some, I mean, yeah, some that you can <laughs> decide for yourself based on the information that's out there, and you know if you agree with her or not. Um, I think she you know on her way out said the smartest thing she said all season and she said you know i think there's going to be a lot of people watching at home that are just saying well i just want to watch survivor and good job by her to realize that yeah i i think i think that's fair um that that last that last part but i i don't think i think it's it's kind of a, a tricky spot kind of where they're at where they're at with the twists as well because i don't think they're at the point yet where they're where they've completely jumped the shark you know this is if you don't like this season i view it as this is just one season in now 41 you know people don't like thailand or people don't like palau or china or Kage, or not everyone loves Kageyan. Um, like San Juan del Sur, he, Worlds Apart. People don't like certain seasons, and then the next season it resets. And so I think 42 is probably going to be a lot, a little bit of the same because they film so close together. I think we don't we won't really get an idea of what this new era of Survivor is until 43. Um, when yeah. Jeff, when Jeff in production can really take into account the feedback from the fans and players and the people working on survivor, the network himself, all of that. Um, and podcasters, of course, and, and see, and see what changes or adjustments they make at that point. Cause 42 is in the can. They, they can't do anything there. Um, so 43, I think will be the first kind of true tested, I guess is the way to put it of, of where the show is going to going to move going forward. Yeah. Um, I just, as long as we're talking about past seasons and, um, like if this is the direction that they're going, I guess that I don't want to completely say that I think this is the, this is where they're going for, you know, the rest of the show's existence. Um, because who knows how long this could be on, but, uh, I think in a way it's, it's a little irritating to me that, you know, we've had in, I don't even know what year it was in 2008, 2007 there, we had an all black final three, like this, it's so disrespectful to those players, like for you to come on the show and be like, look what we're doing. Like, this is, this is like brand new. It's like, no, we like, this has happened before. And you have such a poor understanding of the show that you don't even remember like Earl dreams and oh my gosh, uh, Cassandra sat up there and like, yeah, they, they talked about it for a little bit. I don't think it was made a huge deal. It's like, yeah, this is kind of cool. Um, just shows that like you come on here, you got a chance, no matter who you are, where you're coming from, like dreams had his own story, you know, like it, this is like, I, I just wish that there was a little more awareness like on their part of where they fall in the grand scheme of the show, because there's been, I mean, there's been trailblazers like 
this is like yes it's i the guess first weird more... of the show was an openly gay man yeah like that and and he was in one of the greatest alliances of all time with the one guy you would never ever expect him to be in an alliance with um so yeah i mean Vesepia first first black winner they they talked about that when that happened um i mean like it's I don't know. It's it's weird to me to be talking about it in the show sense in that there's never been like there's never been a barrier to winning the show based on your skin color. It's just like there's never been a barrier to winning the show based on your gender. It just doesn't it's not a thing. And like, sure, we can talk about they're on a run of guy winners. And like, if you want to pick a girl winner just to break that streak, that's fine. Like I it's not going to make me like the show, but like you can we can bring that in if we want to and that's the way jeff wants to go it's just if they're expecting people to fully be on board with it that's where i'm gonna take a little bit of an issue no those those are good well thought out points um i think one thing i maybe would push back on would be the there's no barrier to winning by skin color be, just because if you if you listen to some of the the black players who played in the past kind of relay their experiences in the game, they they do come in with that extra kind of guard up where some of the other players can just kind of play a lot a lot looser than, than they feel they can. And whether that's warranted or not, you know, that's not my place to say. But that is what a lot of them have kind of described it as and, and that's across a lot of different seasons men and women players so i think there is more more nuance to it um not that it hasn't I'm saying, been reflected in the results not that I'm, yeah not that i'm saying that you're that you're wrong i'm just saying if you listen to what they're saying about their personal experiences they they did they, they didn't feel like they were not being taken seriously or not being voted for or were voted out because of their skin color at least not that I can remember them saying necessarily um, apologies if that's wrong, but I don't think I remember hearing them say that, but just in terms of how they felt they could approach the game was a little different. Um, I don't want to want to butcher what they were saying, but there was a, on Rob Testernino's podcast summer of 2020, he had a small series of black voices and survivors. So if you are interested in more of that discussion, there's some really good episodes out there. They did two or three, maybe four. Um, they had a much better, more intelligent sounding discussion than, than we were able to have naturally. Um, but if you're interested in that, that's where I would direct you for some, some more insight from, from players there. Um, but the, when you mentioned the, the, the run of, of men winners, if people keep talking about there hasn't been a female winner, it's going to perpetuate the male winner because no one's going to want to take a woman to the end. There's all going to get voted yep. out sooner. Well, that's also one thing I was going to bring up, like maybe last week or maybe the week before. But I mean, when we're starting to talk about alliances based on race, I mean, this is like a little weird and it's what happens. I mean, it's okay, And it's like a good cause when they're doing it like they were on this season. But what happens next season where there's a bunch of white people and 
they're seeing there's a bunch of black people on the show and we do oh are they forming an all women's alliance oh are they forming an all black alliance we got to get rid of the black people okay well how's that gonna go over i think it's how it's presented because um who was it i just heard oh shoot was it can't remember who it was it was it was like a week ago um oh it was um jamal shipman i believe it was from the gaslight season or gas leak season for all our community <laughs> fans. Um, and he was saying that the, the general idea is you vote out anyone who's not in an alliance with you. So if there's a women's alliance, a black alliance, a white alliance, a former athletes alliance, a parents alliance, if you're not in that alliance, they are a threat to your game. So that's why you vote them out. And the show needs to present, the show has a responsibility to present it in that way that, Xander is outside of this all black alliance. So he's going to vote them out because he's not in that group. It has nothing to do with him being young, straight white male and them being, being black and female and whatever else it might, might be involved there that. And I think the survivor and a lot of shows these days get caught up in the blanking on the right in the, I guess being politically correct. I don't know if that's quite what I want to say. I think you get the idea of what I'm going for. They want to look like they're with the cause, I guess, and promote it that way. Progressive. That's the very simple word I couldn't think of. Um, and, And there is some validity to that, but there's a very fine line of doing something that's good for the show and for the culture at large, if you even want to go that far, and going over that line with very, with a lot of ease. Um, but I thought it was very cool to hear Jamal say that, that it's all in how it's presented. But when, we're on, when you're on the island, if, it's literally, if you're not with me, you're against me. And the reasons for that, from a gameplay standpoint, don't really matter. Well, yeah, I want it to be about the game. So I, if, if that's his thoughts on it, I would tend to agree with him yeah. on that. Like, that's, that's all I really want. I, I think my concern is that you're saying, yeah, we should, we should look at it as, okay, well, who's in my alliance, who's not in my alliance, and I need to do what I got to do to win. But if the show wants us to keep focusing on all these other things, how are we supposed to interpret it any other way? Yeah, and again, that's where it comes down to the players and the show not having the trust in the players to tell their story. It's their story, after all. It's their season. They need to be the ones to pick the reins and run run with it. If someone wants to make it about race or gender or sexuality... That's their prerogative, but the show needs to let them decide that course. But I, I think the the whole like, so like when like I think what you're alluding to when Shan and Ricard were talking, and R- Ricard said with without saying that Shan might win this season because she's a woman. Um, I think it's dumb. I think it's no different than someone voting for someone because they're nicer or not voting for someone because they're a jerk. I think it's because it's, it's been made more public, it feels like a bigger deal. But in my eyes, at least if you're voting for anything other than gameplay, it's a dumb reason to vote for somebody, whether it's because they're a woman or a black or a mom or a dad, or this person's already rich. I won't vote for him. This person needs the money more. Don't care about any of that reasoning who played the better game. Yeah. I think we're, we're saying the same thing, just a bunch of different ways now. So I think we can probably, Move on if you're unless you have anything else to no, I'm good. Okay. So we get to the do or die. 
I was, I thought going in, it was going to be some sort of 50, 50 shot, but no, that, <laughs> that would have, would have made it better <laughs> or worse. I don't know. I don't know what, what they were even going for. So I can't tell what would make it better or worse. Yes. So Deshaun goes up and Jeff pulls out not one, not two, but three boxes. Now I, I should, at this point, I should have seen the Monty Hall problem coming. I should have seen it because Jeff says one box is fire, which signifies your life, which means you're safe. Two boxes are skulls, meaning you're done. Game's over. And at this point, I was figured. I was like, even my guy, a one in three shot, just be, just because, just, just for the, just for kicks and giggles, basically. And so, so Deshaun picks a box before opening it. Jeff says, "Let me reveal another box." And so he he opens one up. It's a skull. So there's one skull, and the safety left. And he then he gives Deshaun the option of sticking with his original choice or switching. Um. To which Xander very stupidly pointed out the Monty Hall problem, which I'm very glad he did because I was blanking so hard on the name. It was driving me crazy. Um, but the Monty Hall problem, of course, is exactly this. It's a classic game show thing. They talk about it in um, the movie 21, the, the card counting movie. Um, and just on, a, on an aside here, the Monty Hall problem breaks my brain. Every time I think about it, I've seen the math. I've read the, the reasoning. I cannot wrap my head around what the statistical correct choice is and why it is that way. So what it says is if you are in Desha- in Deshaun's position, this exact position, and you're given the choice to switch, the odds are in your favor to switch. And I believe it. I'm going to trust math because math is math, but I cannot for the life of me make that make sense in my head. I don't know how it would make sense. I mean, there's a one in three chance that you stay. So you just pick one. Yes. That's, that's where my, that's, that's where I go. It's, like, it's, a, it's a one in three. It's a one in three. Um, I, you can go to Wikipedia or whatever. There's probably lots of places where you can look it up, but apparently the numbers say it's, you're statistically better off to switch, which, which made it amazing that Deshaun stuck with his original choice and was safe. He broke math. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I wasn't even aware that this was a thing. So uh, to see Xander's eyes just light up, he's like the Monty Hall problem. And I was like, but I mean, he's just picked one. This is going to be Chris um, who guessed, who guessed it on here uh, early on. He's going to love this episode specifically for this. Okay. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll have to talk to him off air. Yes. And I, I'm sure, I'm sure we will make sure he'll see, he sees it by Friday. Um, but he's a, he's a big Monty Hall guy. I'm pretty sure. But if, if you're unfamiliar, go look it up, see if you can make it make sense. I'm going to trust. I think I will. Who are yeah. smarter than me that the numbers shake out in that way. But in any event, Deshaun went against math. And was safe. Uh, so then we get to actually vote. And Xander, once again, does not use his idol. Although this time I feel like he probably felt pretty safe. I thought the only shot maybe is that he would play it for a card. But even I forgot he had an extra vote. Which 
<laughs> which allowed him to, to to save his idol to guarantee him the safety. So he used his extra vote to vote for Leanna twice. She just voted out five three, protected against, um, or not against, helped protect against um, Erica flipping. Yeah, I'm, st- so, I'm still not sure how that would have sh- how that would have shook out though. I mean, so he's trying it. If Erica flips at best, it's a tie. It's a tie, and then. There's been there's been a lot of debate on this. I think the general consensus, at least on this season, is that the extra votes carry through to a revote. Because okay. if they if they didn't, then they'd be in a in a three two minority, on that one. So it would have been a, would have been a complete waste of the vote. But I think it would carry through. So they could do another tie, and maybe he could bully Erica or someone into switching to Liana to avoid going to rocks. But I, I think he was just trying to do anything he could to help keep her card around is what it felt like without short of using his. Yeah. Idea. What a weird play. Yeah. Let's keep that guy around. Well, he's going to be around at least through the final six or through the final five, actually, because he's yeah. got his idol. So he's guaranteed safety next vote. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess like if you want a shield, then you're, I guess advancing yourself farther into the game but at what cost wait are there are there only six people left now yeah because usually they go into the finale with six yeah they usually do i'm I'm all for fewer people in the finale it's it's way better if you look at international survivor south africa and australia they they don't do this this i mean australia has finale week like 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 they do every every week but you go into the finale maybe you have one extra but i think it's typically just the regular number of players there's four people left in that last challenge they don't do the dumb fire um but i'm all for it i just pray that next week isn't some dumb non-elimination where they still oh. then go go into the finale with six players you beat me to it uh i was gonna make a joke no i yeah i think well, are we sure that there's two episodes left? Like you've the finale is the fifteenth. Okay, so yeah, that would be that'd be good if they go to the finale with five, um, and that would be the last chance that he could use his idol at five, right? At I thought, is that five or is that six? I thought it was I at think s- it's I thought, I thought it's it at s- five because Ben Ben kept using idols all the way until fire. That's how he won. Oh yeah, because you don't. Because with the dumb fire, you don't have to win, and you you don't have to make it through any peer round. Yeah, I, I just swore it was six, but maybe it is five. Anyway, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I feel like we should know that. It seems something that's very simple, but there's been no talk of idols, which, which I which I'm fine with. I'm completely fine with though with idols being left to the side, but I feel like more people than only Liana should be talking about Xander having an idol. Probably. And now that she's not even in the game anymore, who knows where it's going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Be nice to have some background. And who knows? Yeah. Who knows what, what conversations have been had? Who's been talking about it? Oh, speaking of people not knowing anything. um, 
Heather Heather's quote at Tribal, which I completely skipped over. She talks about how she didn't want to compete in the immunity challenge in part because she didn't know what she was risking. It's like Jeff told you exactly what you're risking. <laughs> that was the entire impetus of making that decision is do you want to take that risk or not? Yeah, maybe she meant like she doesn't know how big or like what the risk I don't know, like what the I, odds were. I'm hoping she meant we she didn't know what the do or die was like what that part of the risk was, but her literal words were I didn't know what I was risking. Yeah, and when you see, just that take would... that at face value, it's like you you knew literally exactly what you're risking. Yeah. But and again, even talked about a lot, talked more about Heather tonight than she's probably talked in this season, it feels like. Even in an episode like this, where there was plenty of time for extra confessionals, extra personal moments, we got nothing from her. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait for her to make it to the finale and just have zero confessional still. I I want her to make the final the final three. I, Me too. I, I need a few things. I need to hear every single one of her answers at, at jury at final tribal, which honestly they may just edit it all out. And I need, absolutely need Jeff's like overview that he does for the finalists of her game of what she did to get herself there. Oh, that yeah, I didn't even think about that. That that could be a highlight of the season. So Heather was the nice mom who didn't get anyone's nerves. On to the next player. Yeah, I want to hear what her voice sounds like. I still remember when she <laughs> when she got like her first, maybe second confessional. I was like, who? Because it was like off screen or like I was looking down or something like that. So I didn't have her face. I was like, who is talking? Is I literally <laughs> thought, is there a new player in the game? <laughs> <laughs> this season, yeah, that wouldn't surprise you. And then I was like, oh, Heather actually gets to talk this time. <laughs> she speaks. She speaks. She sure does. Um, so, I mean, we're down to an interesting final stretch the last couple episodes. Um, I mean, Danny and Deshaun seem to be kind of the de facto next targets, although we, we saw in the preview maybe Danny and Xander are working a little something. Um, but five-ish, four-and-a-half worthy players left. Yeah. Depending on your definition this season. Yeah, should should be a good one. I'm I'm still holding true that that you know I don't think this person in, unless whoever ends up winning goes on like an like a Michelle Fitzgerald tear in the last couple episodes. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna be a top tier winner by any means, and that's fine. I think within the the realm of this season, I think anyone but Heather can be edited into a, a worthy winner for what the season was. Yeah. I think if Ricard wins his way in to the final, then he, he might be kind of up there, but yeah. Or, or if he makes, makes some big moves to kind of manipulate people or, or swing something. Um, Cause I, I have hope for that given some of the things we saw play out in the most recent Australian and South African seasons, just the way some of the big threats were able to just, maneuver their way through votes they had no business surviving and so and so there's 
yeah, there's definitely possibility for people, most likely Ricard, if that's how they're going to play, um, to to dodge and weave their their way into the in the finale in a, in a fun, you know, good strong gameplay type of way. Um, but remains to be seen. Just two episodes left to let, or one episode left until the supersized finale. And I think that'll do it for for this week. Unless you got anything else that we skipped over. No. I think I'm good. All right. Well, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Talking Llama Pod and Twitter at Llama Talk Pod. And be sure to follow us, rate, rate, review, subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else that you listen, you can find us there. And for Jared Sundin, this is Matt Hambidge. And we'll see you next time for another Scoop of the Crispy.